Welcome to Sunday Morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in response to the events of the amazing resurrection at Easter, it now becomes our job to discern how we respond to the events of Holy Week and Christ being raised from the dead. We are to discern how we are being led to live, to change our lives, to care for others, to welcome others to Christ's table. This is our call and our challenge. Let's do this together. Come on in. Our first lesson today comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Please listen for the word of the Lord. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Behold, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second passage, our focus text for the morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. And we are reading in chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. And we are picking up right on the heels of where we left off last week. Listen for the word of the Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers... Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. 
For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everything, everyone for what has been done. He will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if y'all are baseball fans, whether you are or you're not, have you been following the Braves? They are killing it, friends. Our own Atlanta Braves are dominating in so many ways. One of the things that they've just, right now they're playing the Dodgers, and one of the games, uh, Acuna, uh, he's hit a home run in each of the games, he even hit a grand slam, that's the base is full, and then he hits a home run. They are, if, if you're not following, follow. This is an exceptional season even for the Braves. In baseball, and what, what I saw the last time I watched was the sacrifice fly, something you don't see in most other sports. It is the idea that when you're up to bat, usually you want to hit it out or you want to hit it so you can get a base hit, get on base. The sacrifice fly means that there's somebody already on base and you pop it up intentionally, knowing it's gonna be caught and you're gonna be out. Then once it's caught, then the person on base can run to the next base. If they're on third base, maybe they can run home and score. It's one of the few times that in sports there is a full sacrifice that doesn't benefit the individual that goes to move the team on. There was a comedian, George Carlin, now deceased, but had a little routine about the hardness of football versus the softness of baseball. And he kind of talked about it in this way. In football, you tackle. In baseball, you catch flies. Oh, that's nice. In football, you punt. In baseball, you bunt. Just knock it down right there. In football, you play on a gridiron. In baseball, you play on a field. In football, you score. In baseball, you go home. How nice is that? And finally, in football, you kill. And in baseball, you sacrifice. Now, before everybody gets mad, there's plenty of sacrifice in football, and there's plenty of toughness in baseball. But the point today is the sacrifice. It is the self-denial that brings greater yield. In our passage today, we are picking up right after where we left off last week, where if you remember, we had the conversation about Jesus asking the disciples, who do they say that I am? And then who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Bam! Jesus says, yes, Peter, well done. Blesses him, changes his name to Peter, meaning the rock. On you, I will build my church. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. We talked all about that last week. And so right after one of the biggest affirmations that Christ gives anybody in scripture, we pick up at the very next 
verse. And right now, things are going great. The ministry is at an all-time high. As the world looks on judges' success, they have it. The world in that area is starting to come to see what's going on with Jesus. Their numbers are growing. They're starting to cause a stir and a buzz. This guy not only teaches with authority, we've never heard that before, but he's healing people that can't be healed. He's raising people. How can he do that? He's doing miracles. He's calming the sea. He's walking on water. He's feeding 5,000. What in the world is going on? So they're coming and they're following. And the disciples are growing deeper in their faith. They're starting to believe that the reason that they left their homes and their families and their job is to follow this amazing Messiah. That he is who he says he is. It is the height. Everything is going great. And then wouldn't you know it, Jesus messes it up. He starts talking to Peter right away and he says, guess what, friends? The son of man is gonna be given over to the elders, the scribes, the Pharisees, suffer, die, be raised on the third day. Ho, 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 Peter says, what, what now? He said, no, 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 it's all working. It's all growing. They're following, they're coming to see. What, what are you talking about? You're the Messiah. You're gonna come in power and you're gonna set all of us free. You're gonna knock these Romans out of Judea and the surrounding areas. You're gonna do this, you're the Messiah. What, what, what is this nonsense about suffering, dying? I don't even think Peter hears being raised on the third day because once he hears suffering and dying being handed over, he says, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. That will not happen, I vow, that will not happen to you. And just as Peter, in a few of Jesus' last breaths, praised him, blessed him, you are Peter, we're gonna build our church on you, yes, because of your affirmation and your testimony, you're gonna be at the core of what's coming. Jesus then says, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block. Come on, poor Peter. He's up and he's down. So why, why so harsh? Why so angry? Now, it was the first time in Matthew that Jesus starts to talk about this suffering and death the Messiah must die and be raised again. First time. So it's the first time they're hearing it in this way. And of course, it's going to hit their ears as confusing, as difficult, as startling. Messiah doesn't bow down to anybody. The Messiah has all the power, and Jesus does. But in a way that's different than they expect, different than what the world says is powerful and important. Peter is saying, no, 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 we can bypass that. Let's just get to the end result. Let's take a shortcut. Do you remember a few years ago, Staples? 
office supply store. They had an advertising campaign with the easy button. Whatever your issue was, you go into a Staples and I need this, this, and you press the easy button. Oh, it's done. It's so nice. It's done. Sounded something like this. Peter here is saying, let's make this easy. You don't have to do this. Let's circumvent all of this death and suffering business and go right to the good stuff. That was easy. It takes us back to when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. One of those temptations, the last one, the devil took him and showed him all of the kingdoms on the earth. And he says, in similar fashion, Jesus, you don't have to do this blood and guts. You don't have to, why do you have to sacrifice? Why do you have to hurt? Why do you have to bleed? This cross, this crucifix, come on. You don't need to do that. All you do is fall to your knees, worship me, and I will give you everything. All of them, all the kingdoms. Then it's done. Everyone is saved. You don't have to go person to person, scratch and claw, have your church grow and decline and grow and all of that mess done. It's all done. They will confess your name. Just bow down to me. That was easy. It's what the devil told him. All you got to do, fall on your knees and worship me, deny God, deny your call, deny the path of self-denial and sacrifice that is before you. And brother, you got it, we'll get this done today. Jesus knew then and Jesus knows now. It's why he calls him Satan. It took him back to that same moment when he was tempted to give up his path because it's difficult. He was tempted to give up the work he knew he had to do to get the final yield. The yield is the resurrection. And so today, friends, we are being called as well to look at what it means to deny ourself so that we can pick up our cross and follow Christ. John Calvin says that self-denial is the sum of the Christian life. Self-denial is the sum of the Christian life. Now, when I say self-denial, it doesn't mean self-abuse. It doesn't mean depriving yourself of things that you need to be okay. This self-denial usually comes in the form of you trying to deny yourself the things that keep you from Christ. Sin is one way that we refer to that. But it may not even be sinful. It just may be that you have put into your schedule the daily distractions that keep you from talking with God. You have set in your lifetime little things to do instead of sit and listening, contemplating, praying, studying, worshiping, serving, whatever keeps you from doing those things, you need to look and figure out how to deny yourself some of those things to make room so that you can follow Christ, so that you can not just pick up your cross, but be raised with resurrection glory in this life and the next, just as Christ was. 
What is it that you have to deny? That's up to each and every one of you. Last week, I asked you to think about, just as Peter was asked, who do you say that I am? When Jesus asked him, I wanted you to think the same thing because if you cannot articulate who Christ is to you, the rest is gonna be very difficult to build on. But even if you don't know, you're in the right place. Let's explore that together. This week, it is what needs to be denied so that you can make room to sacrifice those things that are keeping you from Christ so that you can obtain resurrection glory again in this life and the next. It means taking a look and seeing what needs to be engaged. There's a story about uh, Augustine, our forefather who became Saint Augustine. And early in his life, he was a bad little boy. He would steal, he was an adulterer and lust overtook him. That's the way he lived his life until his conversion. And the story goes that one day he's walking down the street and he sees one of his former mistresses and he turns around and goes the other way and she screams, Augustine, it is I. And as he turns around and keeps walking, he says, it is no longer I. Meaning who you knew, I am not any longer. He was in that mode of self-denial that, that, that kept him from Christ. He was able to work on, to beat back, to change that aspect of his life, to welcome Christ into his own. It's hard sometimes to want to do the work. In our Christian journey, how many times do we see people who Following Christ? That was easy. All I have to do is be baptized and I'm in. Woo! All I have to do is go to confirmation and I'm in. Woo! All I have to do is hit my required number of worship services in a year and I'm in. None of that is right. I don't, this is me, I don't consider anyone saved at any point in their life until the end where you can look back and you can see if they believed in Christ by the way they lived their life. At the end of our passage today, Jesus ends it by saying, I will come with the angels in glory and we will repay them for what they have done. Not what they said, not what they confessed, although those can be included in what was done, on what they did. Believing in Christ and having a conversion moment and accepting Christ is just the beginning. Then it's living and doing. Not to earn your grace and salvation, that's been given. But the mark of your belief is the way you live your life. And at the end, if you can look back and you can see Christ at work in that person's life, in their relationships, in the way that they lived, in what they did, how they served, that is the moment where we know that this person lived, died, and will live again. So you have time, no matter what your age, but it is about the doing in response. Yes, have conversion moments, let's believe, but then let's do 
something about it. And in order to do something, it means that you often have to stop doing other things and deny some of those things so that you can open your heart and life to Christ. So last week we learned from Peter to ask who Christ is to us. This week we see the rock go to stumbling block. Let's not be a stumbling block to ourselves or other people because we want things to be done easy. Preacher, just get us more people. That was easy. Preacher, stewardship campaign, we just need another 10, 20, 50, 100 million dollars. That was easy. We just need to repair this building and everything, this 1830s facility. That was easy. Serve everyone in the community. That was easy. Learn, memorize. That was easy. Pray. That was easy. (laughs) You get it. It's not about saying, it is about doing. And it is not the easy journey. It is about doing the work, and we are called to do this work together. So with faith, if conviction, with the power of the risen Christ, let us deny ourselves and accept the struggle and the joy that Christ means for us in this life and the next.